and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 310. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. A very beautiful Louisville, Kentucky today. And it is a Monday night, so that means we have everyone's favorite co-captains and a special guest. So let's get to the co-captains first. We'll start off in uh, Los Angeles, California, La La Land, the City of Angels, Mr. Andre Dominguez. How are you doing tonight, Andre? Doing all right. I mean, hopefully my audio isn't too, too affected by the fan that is blowing straight, like, up my legs into my exercise <laughs> shorts. Because it is a, it is a balmy 80-something degrees here. And I, I'm not ready for this. I, I didn't really get my spring here in Los Angeles. And so I, I'm not okay with this heat right now. Hopefully that fan is doing a good job blowing. What? 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 I'm here all night, folks. But, uh, all right. Next up, our next, uh, everyone's favorite other co-captain is all the way in Chattanooga, California. Uh, <laughs> palm, palm Desert. Desert Springs. Desert Palms, California. Roxanne Angles, how are you doing tonight, Roxanne? I'm doing great tonight. It is a lovely, super hot day here in Palm Desert, California. At, I think it was like 105, and I already had my AC blasting wow. all day. <laughs> uh, I love it, though. I love hot weather, so uh, you're not going to get any sympathy here. But uh, so. Yeah, well, I was in the pool today, so it's all good. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> rub it in, rub it in. Man. Uh, uh, all right, and our special guest, uh, we're very excited to have Mr. Timothy Ditzler from the Analog Talk podcast all the way out in Franklin, Tennessee. Timothy, how are you doing tonight? Guys, I'm doing great. This is awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. It's a real, real, uh, real honor to have you on, man. I, I got to say, uh, uh, I, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, before, you know, we really, you know, screw the questions to you and give you all the hardball <laughs> questions. And I, I'm do a little, I'm going to kiss a little butt here for a second. And um, I'll say that uh, when I first started listening to a, a film podcast, and you know, I started off with the FPP. I think it's like everybody's first step, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's the gateway. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. And then uh, I think the next, next one I found was like, uh, you remember the old podcast? I think it was uh, PD Exposures that I mean, by the oh, time I started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a great podcast, and uh, uh, but by the time I started listening to them, I think they were already done, but I went ahead and listened to them anyway, and then uh, I think then I found Sunny 16, then I found uh, you guys, Analog Talk, and uh, through that, uh, I, uh, I remembered you had, had at, the, at the time, early on, you were doing your own little kind of mini podcast that we believe yes. in film on Anchor, right? And yep. um, I had been kind of turning in my mind the idea of starting a podcast, uh, but it was listening to you on We Believe in Film, like it's one guy talking into his phone on a free anchor app. I don't have to pay any money for equipment. Like I can, I can do this, you know, and it's actually that that got me started, uh, uh make me start this podcast, uh, kind of, uh, uh, being, uh, influenced by, we believe in films. So there he goes. This madness of negative positives. You can take a little tiny bit of, uh, uh <laughs> of, of guilt in that. So, uh, <laughs> Oh man, that, that like warms my heart. I mean, that anchor program, when that came out, like, I feel like it changed everything for like mm -hmm. the podcasting game, because like you just said, I mean, all you needed was a phone and you mm -hmm. could just do whatever you wanted. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, and like, uh, if you listen to my early episodes, uh, I pretty much did whatever I wanted. <laughs> That's great. Though. I love over that. Over and over the same thing because I was too drunk to be podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard the rumors but, uh, of that. I have heard the rumors. Yes. Well, don't yeah, just just believe the rumors. Don't go back and listen. It's painful. Yeah. But uh, just, <laughs> but the uh, uh, all right. Well, this is uh, Timothy. This is your first uh, you know uh, ep 
first appearance on this on this podcast and i, I know everybody yeah. knows yeah. a lot about you because you you know you have your own podcast and i'm sure most of our audience listens to you if not all of them uh so but I feel like this is a situation where, you know, on your show, you get to you're interviewing other people and you're mostly trying to find out about them. But this is a chance for people to find out about you. So uh, how about you? And I know you probably said it before, but how how did you get into photography uh, and like what, what got you into all this madness? I uh, I'm an East Coast kid. I grew up in, you know, Pennsylvania, which was like, you know, an hour away from Philly. So I was I was definitely into music and mm. and art and printing, screen printing, you know, all kinds of stuff. Photography really wasn't a big thing in my in my world back in the day. I was I was a drummer. I was all about, you know, music and picking up chicks and doing <laughs> the whole rock and roll lifestyle thing right. that, you know, we we toured up and down the East Coast, had a lot of fun with that. And, you know, bands break up. And that kind of led me to, you know, trying to paint. I thought, you know, I had this big brain explosion where I was like, I'm going to be a painter, you know, like mm -hmm. I really and I can't even draw a fort like a clover if I tried. Like I'm absolutely <laughs> horrible at, at painting and drawing and all that stuff. So I went through the whole gamut. You know, I went to, you know, drawing, painting, uh, video stuff. And then I, I finally started working with my uncle. Well, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit there. I hopped on a Greyhound bus one day. I had had it with Pennsylvania uh -huh. and just being completely like bored out of my mind, exhausted all my options there for work and just fun and happiness. So I kind of just like hopped on a Greyhound, ended up in Tennessee because I got an aunt and uncle here and they're just like, dude, there's jobs everywhere. You know, it's very creative here. Like you would love it. They were kind of whispering that in my ear for like a year. And I finally just like hopped on a bus with a book bag full of stuff, a little Casio 10 megapixel digital camera. Mm. And like on the way down is like when my photography started. Like I was like taking snaps out of the bus and, you know, at the rest stops. And it, I mean, when you take a Greyhound bus, like a, a, a 10 hour car trip is like two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, stop right. Every stop. And you just, like, it, it's so random. So I... I was just playing with this camera and I had like a, a computer that barely worked and I would like was really into manipulating them. And I mean, just kind of like how how digital goes. I started working with my with my uncle and he does like a lot of stuff for the Nashville Ballet and, you know, uh, like what the heck is that company called? I think it's called Studio 10. They do like musicals and plays and stuff. And he does all their like photo, video, all that stuff. So I kind of started assisting him. And, you know, it was like 5Ds, Canon this, Canon that. And, like, I fell in love with, like, video and photography. And just kind of like everything else, you get kind of stale with the digital world. Because mm -hmm. you take, you know, 3,000 photos. And you still only get maybe one or two good photos out of the whole batch. And you spend all your time editing. So, you know, I, it's so funny because Urban Outfitters was, like, my gateway into film. <laughs> they, used to carry, you know, they used to carry Lomography film. Yeah. and. Polaroid film, well, Impossible Project film, and I, I just kept buying that stuff and and like horribly figuring it out. All I mean, I took photography in high school, but you know, again, I was more focused on like the blonde that was sitting next to me than I was like actually <laughs> we, learning. Something. We have a lot in common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it it was uh it, it was a good re like refresher. Like, thank God for YouTube because I learned pretty much everything I know from you know, either doing it myself or watching somebody else do it on YouTube because, mm -hmm. you know, there there's a community dark room around here. But like I 
I'm not a part of that. Like I don't go down or up, I guess it is Nashville's above me. I don't really go up there and like hang out with the community. So I, I don't know the people around here. So I always like, I'm kind of like a lone wolf when it comes to it as well. Like I, mm-hmm. I like to just kind of do things on my own in my own way and all that stuff. So just like learning photography through YouTube and, and people on the internet just asking questions. So it kind of all just like came about organically almost and, you know, shot a bunch of terrible photos and didn't know about ISO, even though I was like <laughs> shooting video for my uncle professionally. <laughs> I know I, I just, you know, fake it till you make it. I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know doing i got the shot and he's just like wow you're really bad at this and i'm like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know one Go thing ahead. led to another and 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 here i am now awesome oh yeah it's funny uh the reason i said we got a lot in common is uh well first of all uh, you it sounds like you kind of took a photography uh maybe after a, a kind of a, you after the music thing kind of ended uh at least a little bit for you uh, yeah that's, that's what happened to me i had a band breakup and i had like no music uh, on the horizon no bands to join no one I could, I could even think of playing with so that's when i took a photography I, ne- I needed another outlet so uh and again here it is uh i'm still uh, kind of right now without a band but i'm still in photography so it's still saving me so <laughs> it, it's oh, nice yeah. to have as another it's always nice to have a couple of creative outlets but and the other thing is uh yeah being a the, <laughs> i got kicked my senior year i had a photography class and i was a darkroom photographer or dark uh, the, the yearbook uh, staff photographer and i was also in the darkroom for the yearbook and i got kicked out of there because i was more, <laughs> more interested in this uh, there was a blonde i was interested in my senior uh-huh. year and uh i was trying to get her to go to prom with me and uh, uh she never went but uh but uh it, no. <laughs> it got me kicked out of the dark room and, and also so it was two losses <laughs> so Man. but uh, she never know, went or she never went with you she didn't go with me yeah but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was a, she was a junior. I thought you know it should have been a privilege to go to the prom with a oh man with a, with a, with a, with a cool cool senior guy right. But I know it didn't, oh, didn't, my, we're not yet your 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 handsome silver fox self yet. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was quite the goober, but uh, uh, but yeah. And uh, so Timothy, um, I guess at this point we need to find out like analog talk. How did that come about? Like what was what was your story on on how that got started? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, So Chris and I have no, like, we did not know each other at all. There was kind of like a middleman in the whole mix. And um, Eric, uh, Eric, how do you say his last name? It's like, uh, he's on YouTube. He's a YouTube guy. Eric, man, I can't think of his last name for the life of me right now. I feel awful. (laughs) Eric, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Um, (laughs) he, he and I, like he started watching my YouTube videos and he was just like, Hey, we should, you know, collaborate on something. And I was like, Hey, I would love that. Like, I love your videos, you know, like that would be great. And then like podcasting kind of was in that like explosion bubble where everybody was starting a podcast a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. I mean, it's still happening now, but Mm -hmm. like, and he's like, well, Hey, I've been kind of talking to this other person on the other end of things. And she asked me to start a podcast. She's already got a name. She's already got everything. Like, like this was Chris's like baby, you know what I mean? Like before we were just kind of like going to be co-hosts and like hop on and, and do all that stuff. And we recorded, I think we recorded two episodes where it was the three of us. One, only one was released. And that was the very first episode where we kind of just like introduced ourselves and talked about like the resurgence in film or something like that. Uh-huh. And Eric was just not in a space where he wanted to commit to it. And 
thankfully, Chris and I were like after we we all kind of like broke up with each other. I don't know if this story has <laughs> ever been told like live before. Oh, there you but go. Uh, breaking we, news. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> breaking, breaking news. We kind of all like broke up with each other and um, we're just like, okay, we're not doing this. You know, like, okay, mm. fine. We'll just scrap it. We'll do something else. And like immediately after hanging up the, the three-way phone call, like Chris and I hopped on the phone together and we're like, I don't want to give this up. Like, this is so much fun. Like we've already got guests lined up. We've had... We had like Joey Reddy on the show. I'm sure you guys know who he is. Oh, awesome yeah, camera. Yeah. yeah, he's and, awesome. You know, it, it was just we didn't want to give it up. I mean, and thankfully, Chris and I just like, you know, kept it together and became like we're, I mean, really good friends. I probably talked to her as much as I talked to my mom. You know what I mean? Like we uh-huh. became like really great friends out of this. And I mean, I mean, we all know how analog talk kind of just like happen you know yeah, <laughs> it just yeah, like well, and not only that like you uh <clears throat> had some i mean some real real heavy hitter guests on i mean like <laughs> and i mean i'm I'm expecting any any time now you're gonna have like the ghost of anzo adams on there right you oh, got that dude. lined up <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have that we're just waiting for his carbon freeze to be released so he can uh, he's 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 on the lineup <laughs> nice right, well it's something to look forward to so all right well we're gonna find out a whole lot more about timothy throughout this episode we have a lot of questions to him from the facebook group uh, that we'll do in the second segment but this is the first segment and uh we like to uh talk about what we've been up to lately and we always start with mr andre dominguez so andre what have you been up to brother i know you we've been on the phone quite a bit this week you've been uh been a busy guy a little bit, yeah. I've been doing um, some testing uh, with with not being able to travel uh, over the weekend. Uh, Audrey and I had plans to head up to Lake Castaic, which is about about thirty to forty minutes outside of LA. With the heat wave that that hit over the weekend, we really didn't think that that was going to be a, a great idea. So instead, uh, just went to a local park. You know, threw around a frisbee. Uh, had some lunch in the back of the Subaru, and I was doing some testing with the FPP Super Positive 0.8 ISO black and white film that if you develop it in, I think they have times for D76 and XTAL, you actually come out with black and white slides. So uh, on, that, on that Friday, I think I live streamed on the Instagram on the yeah, I, I, Instagram for like I, a total of I, five hours. <laughs> I, I I drunkenly joined you for that and made fun of you most of the time. So yeah, but, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, was, that was that was fun. It was a little bit of you know trying to engage with our with our social media in a in a different way because as many of the listeners will know, I'm not that great at Instagram. Uh, so you know, getting some some content both for the negative positives account as well as some just kind of personalized stuff with my phone and. Uh, just trying to have as much fun safely with the girlfriend during quarantine as possible. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the positive black and whites. They they look like they have you got them scanned yet? Because they looked uh, they looked fantastic uh, after you got them developed. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Like you take this this what is what is what is FPP calling that film? It's their FPP super positive. Okay, and you just develop it in D seventy six and you get black and white slides. Yeah, I did a D seventy six at around sixty eight for six minutes uh but so i did obviously a bunch of bracketed exposures because since i would like to later on down the line uh actually project them uh i wanted to see kind of what at what iso i would get the the density necessary for actual projection because you can save quite a lot of of you know information in the scan which i had to do but Mm. in order to project it it's got to be 
you know, pretty bang on. Right. And so, so far in my testing, 0.2 ISO gave me the best results. Wow. 0.2. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to need that California sun for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a tripod, you know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's not something uh, that I am necessarily going to be incorporating into my workflow. I think I'm going to go down the route next of trying out the photographer's formulary T-Max reversal kit just because... You know, I don't know what this film is that the FPP is selling. I don't know if it's, you know, actively being coded. I bought a few rolls with uh, the gift card that Mike gave me for, for my birthday. Uh, and I'm having a little bit of fun with it, you know, and, and trying to kind of do some some testing to to give some info to the community. But in, in the long term, my plans that I have for some really interesting black and white slide film stuff are probably going to be with something a little bit more reliable, a little bit faster in terms of ISO, because 0.2 ISO is, is pretty limiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and ideally something that, you know, I can buy in multiple formats, because I've got mm-hmm. some some interesting, uh, like, picture frame ideas for my desk with some uh, black and white slide portraits. Very cool, very cool. Is that pretty much uh, your week? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Well, let's move on to uh, Roxana Angles. Roxana, what have you been up to? Well, it's been a really interesting week, actually. I was actually so. talking about. I was talking to my wife the, uh, yesterday. I was like, "It's like, my God, Roxana is. She always kicks our ass on what she gets done every week. Like, I've seen so <laughs> many posts on Instagram, and they all look amazing. I'm like, ah, I wish I had your motivation. Like, uh, it's amazing. Like, you're always at it, and uh, it's great. <laughs> It's insane. Well, because it was Polaroid week. And I mean, come on, you guys, it's Polaroid (laughs) week. So and then on top of that, my husband, Brian, is shooting a short film with us in the quarantine. So we have like all these and I'm back to work. So it's like homeschooling the kids, working, shooting a short film where I had it's a horror film. So I um, I had to use my scream this this weekend <laughs> because I was the actress. <laughs> nice, nice. What's the what's the plot? Well, it's like it starts with a game of hide and seek. Mm. And I'm taking pictures of the kids on the sly like I would. <laughs> um and as I develop the film in the dark room, I see like a door has appeared in the background. Mm. And that's when basically, excuse my language, but shit hits the fan <laughs> upstairs. And <laughs> so it. it's a lot of fun. And we were shooting that all weekend with lights and the whole bit. He has to shoot it like on his iPhone. So we'll see how it happens and how it comes out. It'll oh be fun. That's, that's the coolest family family isolation project I've ever heard. Like we've been sitting around watching Netflix and my kids been playing video games and we we watched some <laughs> basketball. Like it's just way cooler. Like it's insane over <laughs> here. Yeah. If you're a part of this family, it's always insane. It's so much fun. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. What else you got going on? Well, um, yeah, other than that, you know, shooting the Polaroids, I got like a whole bunch of film, um, some SX-70 and 600 from Polaroid in the mail, and that was a lot of fun. 
And, um, you know, sending cameras out to my film club for school, I sent out three. So our, um, our listener and friend, Ken Bertram, he donated like some of the, on top of his donation before he yeah, donated. I, I, I thought you probably wanted to mention but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his already he matched what everybody had donated through Kofi. And um and then on top of it, he was like, Hey, I want to support freestyle. And um, so if there's any extras, I was like, Well, you've already done enough. But <laughs> but he donated also some of those Lamography simple cams that I can reload for kids because um cool. Yeah, because they can go back and forth. They're super lightweight. So if I run out of cameras, which I have a lot of kids who are wanting to join all last minute now, I can just have them transport the camera back and forth with shipping and I'll just reload it and send it back. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Very cool. Good yeah. Good idea. yeah. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's quite a bit. Timothy, can you follow that? What have you been up to? <laughs> Great. Sorry. Now I feel like I did nothing all week. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I, so I, uh, yeah, with this whole COVID nonsense, I've actually been super ex- inspired. Like I've been shooting the four by five again and it was Polaroid week. And I am just like the biggest Polaroid nerd when it comes to it. And right in the middle of Polaroid week, it was like the day before or something like that. I found a Spectre camera at a Goodwill like not even inside of the Goodwill. It was like, it just got dropped off and it was like in a box sitting outside of Goodwill. Oh, oh, that's so cool. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you five bucks for that. Let me, (laughs) (laughs) so I ended up, you know, shooting some and the Spectra cameras, I don't know if you guys know much about them, but they just have so many issues like the, the, like Spectra one and two, they just like really suck when it comes to it. And this one, it's in beautiful shape. I mean, it came with the box, the manual, the little discount, there's like coupons in there and all kinds of nice. I love seeing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was mind blown. The, box is in great shape it doesn't even smell like a musty basement or attic or anything like that and but i mean not that i don't like that i love that smell but um i uh yeah so i've just been shooting a lot so okay so we're in quarantine and the only thing we've really been doing is like propagating house plants and like all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy my 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 girlfriend is 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 big into plants like all mm-hmm. kinds of rare like weird plants like it's just plants 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 we probably have like 60 of them around the house right now and i'm just like man these look so cool i'm going to start shooting them so i started mm-hmm. uh, i just hung down like a bed sheet over my closet in my little home office and brought in one of the stools from our our dining room table and just started doing like still life stuff and i'm like falling in love with that and i i've never been the type to just like shoot still lifes like i'm more of like a walk around the town kind of shoot you know people or places Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean like more of that stuff but since i i've been really wanting to get back into shooting my four by five and this is a great way to do it. I mean, just learning, like, because, you know, plants, they're, like, all over the place, like, in, in like, depth. If you're oh, yeah. shooting, like, a Monstera, like, that's probably, like, one of my favorite plants to shoot because they're, like, all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. one's close, one's far away, one's tall, one's short. To get the leaves in focus with the 4 by 5 like, I've learned so much this past week just with, you know, tilt, shift, 
and and all kinds of fun stuff with the four by five because i mean i got this beautiful toyo field camera and i never use it like i Mm -hmm. probably went out and shot a couple trees with it in the past like 10 15 times and just it just sits in a bag and gathers dust and i almost sold it but i'm glad i didn't and yeah i was gonna say wasn't that the one that you that you put up for sale uh thinking you know potentially of getting into the leica system (laughs) (laughs) yep yep i almost had a former guest of yours chris visser i was like hey man i'll trade you my four by five and all this because i mean i have the guy i got this from had the bells and whistles with it you know it came with a bunch of film holders a beautiful lens like all this stuff like it is a sweet kit and I was like, come on, Chris, I'll trade you this and, you know, give you like a thousand bucks for your like or something like that. And he's like, he's like, let me think about it. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I hung on to it. And and with Polaroid week, too, I've been doing a lot of I have a, I have a couple SX-70s. I'm just like a like a big all around Polaroid nerd. Like I probably have about 13 different Polaroid cameras. And uh, I also have the Mint, uh, it's the SX-70-670S, it's the Mm -hmm. one with like the time machine on it and stuff, Mm -hmm. and you can, I mean, you can just nail exposure with that, like it's not even a guessing game, which is such a load off, because we all know how expensive Polaroid film is, you know, like wasting a shot is, is devastating when it happens, but yeah, other than that, man, I've just been getting back into developing. Pushing the limits of my Cine Still uh, seventy. Wait, what's the developer? Oh, it's the the DF DF ninety six or yeah, seventy Monobath. Monobath, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got some for my birthday, which was back in December, and it's still like it's not yellowed. I, I don't know if I'm just doing like an amazing job getting all the air sucked out of it or something, but it just <laughs> uh, it could it, be. You know, use at your own risk. Do a leader test before developing, because if your developing agents are dead, then you're going to get a clear roll of film. (laughs) I I think I shot you a message right before I opened it back up again, because I had used it once and then didn't touch it for, well, I got sick and all that stuff, and I just didn't do anything photography related for like three months. And I was like, man, this is such a bummer that this is going to waste. So... I shot Andre a text and was like, hey, man, how long does this stuff last? You're like, it's usually about a month or I'm like, I'm I'm going for it. I'm going for it, whatever. So, yeah, and I'm still using it like it still works. It's crazy. (laughs) Nice. A couple of questions that comes up. the large format camera that you were talking about, the Toyo, yeah. is that what it was? Uh, mm-hmm. Was that the one that you shot? That, wasn't you shooting a series of like a of a, of a deer decomposing or whatever? Yes. Is that, yep. Did you use mm-hmm. that camera for that? Yeah. I remember that. I, I, I don't know if I ever saw those shots. Maybe I just missed them on Instagram. Did you ever post those anywhere? Because I was kind of interested in that project. I, I liked the, your, your thought process behind it. But yeah, it's definitely on my Instagram if you scroll down there. Also, I can... Uh, I'll post like a picture of it in my stories or something so you can see it again. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I miss those because uh, I know I follow you on Instagram, but so, sometimes I take those little Instagram breaks and I'm, I miss things, you know? And uh, so, uh, but I, I remember you talking about that. I think it was on your, it was on the We Believe in Film podcast, right? You, yep, we were, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was interested to see the results and I somehow missed them. But uh, also um, uh, the Polaroid, um, what was I going to ask you about that? Yeah, it sounds like uh, the one with the, the time machine thing on it. Yes. Maybe that's what I need because I am having. A, I'll get to it. And are you pretty much done with your week? Because I can go into my week if because yeah. it ties in. So, uh, all right. So it was it was Polaroid week, and I uh, Saturday I think it was. I was going to shoot Polaroids. It was my day. I had my cameras charged. Up. I had the the one step two, and then I have the i one that I bought really cheap when it like they, they they sold them out for like twenty bucks, and I got yeah yeah. One. 
Yeah, I picked one up, and I have yet to take a good photo with the i1 so far. Like now, granted, all these photos have been indoors with flash, and I have, I, I you know what? Hey, no one's listening to this. You keep this between us. It just, no one's, gonna, no one's gonna hear this but us, right? Um, I'm, I'm kind of getting pissed off at Polaroid right now because I. Because I'm just not getting good results, man. Like 90% of my shit's just not coming out. And uh, and I think it's uh, a lot of it is like I have to give up the idea of shooting any sort of Polaroid indoors, even with the flash. It's just not, they're coming out so damn dark. And like, um, and it's really kind of bummed me out because I was really excited about the i1 because it has the, uh, it has like the uh, the ring flash around the lens. And I thought, yeah. well, that's got to be great for portraits. But I mean, if if you don't have a crazy amount of light, it it just ain't. It just is. It's just not not the flash just isn't doing anything for it, you know. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, I wasted about a pack of film because uh, it was raining. Uh, that's why I didn't go outside. And uh, uh, I was like, well, I'm gonna shoot some Polaroids inside. I'm gonna I'm gonna document the family during what they generally do on a day to day basis in this uh, in this COVID uh, isolation or whatever. So I I got tried to take a picture of my oldest son uh, making music on his laptop, and then a uh, picture of my youngest son uh, son playing a uh, uh, Xbox, and and they just none of them came out good. And like, cause and the bad thing about Polaroid is like, you know, I took these photos and I put them all upside down to let them develop, you know, and I th- mm-hmm. and come back and I was, I've shot through a pack and you turn them all over and like oh man these are all shit <laughs> like every single one. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know because you've done blown through a pack you know and uh-huh. uh, so uh but yeah but maybe like something like that mint thing on an sx70 where you control exposure maybe that would help a little bit more but i don't even know i think with polaroid now you just got to have a ton of light i, I think I, i'm too used to thinking of polaroid back in the 90s when i first started shooting it yeah. uh, into the 2000s where you could take indoor portraits uh, or indoor photos with polaroid and a flash and they'd come out fine you know uh, i don't think if it, maybe it's just me but i'm not having any luck with it is, is it just me <laughs> i think i think the film especially if you're shooting the color film like that mm-hmm. stuff is really hard to nail exposure if for me i shoot a lot of the black and white i always get the black and white 600 or i type film mm-hmm. and uh because that uh the mint 670s like it shoots 600 speed film it, you don't have to shoot the low iso the one because if you get like sx70 film it's i think it's like only 160 iso or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. But um, I know you do need a ton of light. I When I was using, I, I did a couple shots just around the apartment about a week or two ago. And you know, you know what I did for extra light? I put, I have a speed light and I put it on slave mode mm-hmm. and used the extra flash to okay. get more light. And because I knew I was shooting color film and I knew I was inside because I think same situation. It was like shitty and raining outside. So mm-hmm. I was like, it's cat picture day. So I kind of <laughs> went went around and, and did all that. But I used a, an extra flash <clears throat> and the photos came out a whole lot better. Uh, but, maybe I should try that. Yeah, that's a good idea. OK, well, there you go. So maybe uh, maybe I'm not not maybe that'll get over my a little bit of anger of Polaroid right now. <laughs> it's OK. I still love you, Polaroid. I just uh just had, had a little issue this weekend so but their, uh their film is like super touchy though like it, uh-huh. it can be if it's not stored properly if it's you know there i'm hearing rumors of like the newer stock films like they're not lasting as long being saved like you need to kind of shoot it while it's fresh type uh-huh. deal because like it does lose some of its exposure latitude when it's sitting for a long period
period of time. Yeah, but, that could easily but, be my problem. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, and hey, and I guess <clears throat> I guess the good news is Polaroid is all one company now. So that's yeah, uh, I don't think we've actually yeah. talked about that on the mm-hmm. show. But uh, that's uh, that's got to be a positive, right? Just the fact they're all under one umbrella now. It's it's all just Polaroid, and I think that's that's a good positive development. I think positive yeah. development. See where I went there? See that? <laughs> see, what I do? see what I do on the all, show, guys. <laughs> all that being said, you know, with the improvements that are being made over the years. I was recently kind of doing a little bit of, of some spring cleaning here at the Dominguez residence, especially since <laughs> kind of have to, you know, find a way to lessen the financial blow of having bought a camera recently. So I started taking uh, some some pictures of things that I could potentially sell and, and found uh, a bunch of my going back all the way from really old Impossible to you know polaroid originals that i shot like a couple of months ago and even the stuff that i shot a couple of months ago you could already start start to see the colors degrading the black and white fading Mm -hmm. and that was kind of sort of the final nail in the coffin that made me uh you know wake up early one saturday morning and take a bunch of pictures of my sx70 because that's gonna be going to a new home soon Uh as much as i love Uh polaroid as much as i love it it's just it's it's not a it's not a type of photography I do very often. And when I do, I always kind of cringe at the price, and then the images don't really last. Uh, mm. So I think it's I think it's time for me to say uh, not goodbye forever, but maybe see you in a few years when things get even better. Well, Andre, you did uh, kind of tell people you were going to talk about the camera that you bought. Uh, and I, oh, that's I, I, right. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, what, 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 spill, spill, spill the beans, man. Yeah. Well, Uh-oh. I mean, a Uh-oh. lot of people, a lot of people had already guessed it in the in the comment section, and a bunch of people sending me DMs. But I did end up finally pulling the trigger on the Lomography LCA 120, which was sold to me. Uh, very generously by Mr. Ben Mills of Hip Shoot Film. Look out! Look out! Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, I know so, you're super excited about that. I yeah. am. You know, it's 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 a camera that I've been wanting for a while. I've been loving using the the Roloflex and the Hasselblad that I'm borrowing. So I'm just really feeling six by six. But having now the Hasselblad with the eighty and the fifty in my possession, at least for the foreseeable future, while I'm under quarantine uh, <laughs> and not going to be meeting up with its original owner. <laughs> uh, having that option of the normal lens and the wide-angle lens made me realize, man, I love my Roloflex, but having a compact little wide-angle version would be great. And I'm going to be doing some experiments with uh, with flash with it to see if it kind of if it can become my medium format uh, sort of party uh, bar with the Cinestill crew type camera. Uh, in addition to my Olympus XA with the flash. Well, Andre, if you ever ask to borrow a camera of mine, I'm going to be watching China for some new virus popping up and make sure I, I don't, I don't let you it borrow. It's all things. just good timing. <laughs> so, oh man. Uh, all right, and uh, to go ahead and finish my my week. Uh, yesterday was a uh, worldwide pinhole day. Uh, so. I uh, went out on my usual bike ride, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to ride around my ma- neighborhood. And I've, I've often complained there's nothing to shoot in this neighborhood. It's just suburban sprawl and, and strip malls and shit like that. So nothing interesting. But so I decided I'm going to make uh, – I'm going to uh, strap my Hoga wide pinhole camera on the front of my bike. And uh, <laughs> so, 
I did that, and I ran, rode around the neighborhood and shot a whole roll of film in the uh, the the Hoga wide pinhole Huffy uh, camera, and uh, so and uh, uh, while I rode the bike, and uh, I was kind of wanting to get the camera behind the handlebars so that the handlebars would st- would be like in focus, and uh, maybe my hands on the handlebars, and just everything would be like a, uh, a Star Wars uh, warp speed sort of thing uh, <laughs> zooming past me. Uh, but there was like no place to attach. Uh, the camera behind the handlebars. So I had to put it in front of the handlebars. So uh, it, it's probably the only thing that's going to be in focus is the front tire. Maybe. <laughs> so it's, they're probably all going to be awful, but you know, it was, it was still fun to do, but it did. And I was talking to Roxana about this uh, online. Uh, um, it does make me think I'm going to do this again in, in the future, in the near future. And I actually uh, went to Amazon and I'm going to buy one of those, uh, the gorilla pod, gorilla tripod things, uh, you know, with the bendy arms or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, and, like bend it around the frame behind the handlebars or maybe attached to the handlebars, but kind of angled back behind them so that I can get the handlebars of the bike in the frame uh, and then uh, and try it that way. And uh, so, yeah, I think that might work. So I might have a little more pinhole. <laughs> Pinhole Huffy. Well, Pinhole Mike, do you remember that thing that I did in college where I bought a suction cup mount and mounted it into like the sunroof, like uh, onto the sunroof of my car on the inside with the yeah. camera pointing kind of out towards the, the front windshield? That could also be something if you want to, you know, do something. I know it's not Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day anymore, but if you, if you start kind of feeling the itch for that kind of warp speed uh type look you know hop in your trusty ford vehicle uh pick up a a, a suction cup mount well, fords actually come standard with a warp speed button i don't know if you knew <laughs> ah okay is that is that so i mean i i i just drive a lowly subaru so i i wouldn't know <laughs> yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't know about that but uh so but all right well that's pretty much uh my week i haven't got the got that film developed yet i'm gonna try to get it developed in the next day or two so we'll see how bad those come out but uh but it was fun <laughs> I, that's the main thing is like uh the thing about pinhole photography you never really know what you're getting it's always kind of a, a guessing game and uh but it's fun and that's part of the fun of the whole thing is like finding out if any of this shit worked uh, and if, if just one shot came out i'll be i'll be j- jumping over the moon so but uh we'll see we'll see uh, hopefully soon about that so All right. Well, I think that's our weeks and uh, we are going to take a little break and come back with uh, questions to Mr. Timothy Ditzler uh, from the (laughs) Negative Positives, uh, uh, Negative Positives, Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. So uh, we'll take a break and be right back, folks. This is the segment where we like to have the negative positives film photography podcast Facebook group ask questions of our guests. And this week, of course, is Mr. Timothy Ditzler from Analog Talk. But before we get into the questions, uh, there's a lot of questions asking about this. And it's one of the things that we definitely wanted to discuss is, Timothy, you uh, recently had some health issues and a lot of people were concerned about it. You seem to be doing better now. But how about you tell the fine folks, so, you know, what happened and how you're doing? Yeah, it was it was wild. It um, I would like to say that it came out of nowhere, but it. I, I had this inkling at the beginning of the year, 
All right, let's start at the beginning. Um, I was on my way home from Christmas with the family in Pennsylvania. We were driving back to Tennessee, and I just kind of felt weird. I just didn't mm. feel right, and I I could tell something was off. And then just a couple days after being back, I lost my vision. Oh shit! It, oh, yeah, God. I I couldn't. It, it started off kind of, you know, I couldn't. Things were fuzzy one day, and I was just in like a pure panic because I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see more than I'd say probably three to five inches in front of me. Oh no. And, and I was like still going to work and I'm a, I'm a server at a restaurant. So I was still running food to tables, not being able to see thankfully from like muscle memory and stuff like that of doing that job for so long that I could still do it, but I was in a panic and, you know, you get on WebMD and you start to think that you have, you know, kidney failure or mm -hmm. some crazy like brain tumor or something. It's always like the that. worst. It's always the yeah, worst. It's yeah. <laughs> always the worst. So, uh, kind of narrowed it down a little bit. Like my mom's, uh, in the healthcare industry and she was just like, I'll send you a glucose reader, like a sugar reader, my whole entire dad's side of the family's diabetic. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just like the signs were pointing to diabetes and like retinopathy and like my eyesight and like, I'm a photographer. So I was right. going, I was going crazy. I was just like, this is not the anxiety that was coming on because of that. And, you know, anxiety is really bad for blood sugar and, and all mm. that stuff. So it's just kind of like snowballing. And I did a complete 180 and changed my diet around instead of eating McDonald's three times a week. I started eating salads every day for lunch and, and mm -hmm. really watching my sugars and my sugars were high. They were like three, four, 500, which is insanity. Normal is 70 to 130, you know? Oh, and wow. Yeah, I was just like skyrocketing and I got it down to where, you know, normal. They weren't perfect, but it was like, you know, 150, 200. Sometimes it was 70, some, you know, and I I kept promising everyone who kept saying to me, go to the doctor. I'm like, you know, yep, I'll go to the doc. You know, I'll get it checked out. And then I thought I had it under control. But little did I know the doctors in the ER the night I was taken to the emergency room were telling me that my body basically went into a fight or flight and exhausted all of its resources to keep me alive. And oh, I went into the emergency room with my sugars being, I think it was like high 500s. And I was going through what they call DKA. It's like diabetic ketoacidosis. I forget how the hell to say it, but it's keto like ketoacidosis. Yeah, ketoacidosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's basically your your liver pushes out these keynotes and your body just kind of like shuts down like to protect itself. Cause I was like labor breathing. Mind you, I couldn't breathe. So my lungs were all like, I was gasping for air for, for like three days and Ugh. just couldn't, I, I'm like one of those like crazy people that just will never go to the hospital no matter I'm what. Same, I'm the same yeah. way, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a bullet in my chest and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I got this, get me some alcohol and a bandage. And make but um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and at that point, when I was going through all these signs of the DKA, my girlfriend, she had gone home to visit her mom for her birthday all the way in Pennsylvania. So I'm alone during oh. this time. And I knew something was wrong because I didn't feel right. I was short of breath. I even went to like an urgent care and they were like, yeah, you're you're constipated. I know this is a little TMI, but like they're just <laughs> like 
But hey, you're constipated. Here's some pills. Go home. And I'm just like, and this is right when the COVID, you know, Williamson County, the county that I live in, just got its first COVID. We were the oh first county in Tennessee. And I'm just like, you know, you hear fever, uh, lung problems and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm just like, shit, I got it. I got COVID. And right. So I just kind of just kept my mouth shut and told my mom that I didn't feel well and, you know, stuck it out until I had to go. I don't even know how I drove to the Nashville airport to pick up my girlfriend from her return trip. Like I was like sleeping in the driver's seat in the pickup line. Like I just could not stay awake. I I have a couple cell phone shots that she took of me during this time. Like I'm just like I, I lost like rapid weight and. I I mean, clearly, like there was something wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I got this. So she was basically like, look, I'm either going to call an ambulance because you will not wake up or you're going to get up and I'm going to take you to the hospital. And I somehow drudgingly I I don't remember any of it. Like once I was at the hospital, I basically didn't wake up for three days and I was in the ICU. They were just like, you know you were basically going to be in a coma or you were going to die. Thankfully you, you had like a turnaround. So after all this time, they moved me back to the regular hospital and I like the regular admission and the hospital's like on complete high alert shutdown because it's COVID right. and you know, no allowed to visit my, my cell phone's dead. So I'm not able to text or Ugh. really it was just like chaos. And you know, it's awful. It's, yeah. 2020 nobody remembers phone numbers anymore so i'm just like god what is my mom's phone number what is like what's my girlfriend's number i don't Mm -hmm. even because i'm all like out of it anyway and out of all this they tell me that i'm on that i had like dka and i'm gonna have to be you know taking insulin for the rest of my life and Mm. so it took me it took me a while thankfully I mean, I don't want to say thankfully about this COVID stuff, but like it kind of came at the right time because I don't think knowing me, I would have rushed right back to work. You know what I mean? Like I would have just been like, ah, screw it. I can't afford to be off. I got to go to work. But uh, I'm one of the the underlining uh, underlying condition people where I kind of can't work right now because I'm, you know, I'm high risk. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just chilling. I mean, my job is not really going anywhere like my boss understands and it's i i'm very thankful for the whole situation and also my i want to thank my mom and stepdad too because they both started a fund me for me and this community i mean the film photography community rallied hardcore and really made it possible for me to um you know keep my supplies like insulin's not cheap neither is all mm-hmm. the supplies i need i take my blood sugar five times a day i have to shoot myself five times a day with insulin you know wow. i have to get special food you know this is all stuff that i can eventually kind of like l- kind of chill out on once i get a grip on like diet exercise like one thing i wish i would have listened to i i had it was like an ex-girlfriend of mine's mom's sister i forget it was like her boyfriend or something crazy he was just like two things you need to do and i was like a young 20 something at this point he was like you need to take care of your teeth because you only get one set and you need to make sure that you like eat healthy and take care of yourself because it all catches up to you and that like hit me while i was laying in the hospital like Mm. like it really does i mean you kind of are what you eat and you if you don't take care of yourself like it, it it comes back at you and learned a big lesson, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I my dad is diabetic, and uh, I've I've always been uh, worried if it's going to hit. And uh, I've actually when when actually I think I reached out to you uh, yeah. when yeah. I uh, I've actually recently had some symptoms that kind of makes me worried that I may be uh, be dealing with some sort of diabetic issues soon myself because it, it runs apparently in my family. And uh, but I've had like some numbness in my my feet and hands and stuff, and that's like supposedly yeah. one of the symptoms. So. Uh, yeah, the thing is like during this whole COVID thing, like I've been meaning to go to the doctor and get a physical and get all this stuff checked out. I've been kind of running high blood pressure lately and like, but I don't want to go to the doctor unless of course me, I've taught myself how to go on (laughs) any chance I get, (laughs) but like, but like, especially now I don't want to go unless I really need to, but I probably need to, you know, cause, uh, uh, these, these things, you're right, man. Like these things can sneak up on you and. Uh, I don't know about you, Timothy, but I'm not not really a spring chicken anymore. But uh, so like, oh no, no, I'll be, I'll be 40 this year. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you're still a young man. But uh, I, I, yeah, I have I've I've I've, I've partied pretty pretty hard. I've, I've had some fun, but I think my body is getting to an age where it's, it's like, hey, Mike, uh, might 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 have started, uh, things are going to start catching up to you, man. So, but uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, and so yeah, the GoFundMe is it still operational or is it closed up or is there it some is, people? So so I thought. I, I didn't have, uh, I could see it. You know what I mean? I had like access to write like thank yous and stuff like that to people, mm-hmm. but I thought it was over in 30 days, but apparently it runs forever or until they shut it down. So I had mm-hmm. a couple people reach out and ask if they could still donate and stuff like that. So it is still there. I'm just not, you know, trying to like push it every other day. I, I felt right. awkward doing that to begin with. I, I don't like asking for a handout, you know, but I, when you get a hospital bill of $28,000 and <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's their discounted price, you know, they're right. just like, Hey, one easy payment of $28,000. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, like this is, this is serious. I mean, five days mm. in the ICU isn't cheap apparently. So, mm. but yeah, it's still there. Um, if you go on my instagram i have a link tree and it's definitely in one of those links for the link tree i i don't know how long they'll keep it going i just told them to kind of let it i i had a few messages last week about donating and stuff like that so i mean i'll keep it up for a little bit but i mean what what has been done is 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 i mean it's a it's a miracle like i'm overwhelmed with with uh with the support through this it was it was really amazing to see how it all came together mm. yeah it is it uh, I, we say it all the time just how how cool and awesome the film community is man and they just really um uh they not only are we all kind of uh in this together in our hobby but i feel like uh it's kind it's kind of almost like a big gigantic family right and oh, uh, yeah it's pretty amazing yeah mike one one suggestion for you though if you're having like diabetic uh you know, kind of feelings and stuff like that. If you're feeling unsure, you know, Walmart, Kroger, any sort of grocery store sells like their version of a glucometer, like a, I can't think of the name, glucometer, glu- glucose. It's like the thing that reads your sugar. Okay. They, they're like a couple bucks. It's like seven bucks to get a little kit. You can just test your sugar a couple times a day just to see if you're in like a weird range, you know, mm-hmm. even if you're like low or high, I mean, it's definitely worth 
checking out before you end up in the ICU for like five days. You know what yeah, I mean? That, that's <laughs> a, that's a, that's a very good advice. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, this I, is a small price to pay for just kind of running your sugar a couple times to see if it, <laughs> if it looks normal. Absolutely. I, I have noticed like the symptoms have kind of gone away here recently because I've been exercising my ass off because I've, I've let's just put it this way. I've gained a little weight over this time off and, uh, <laughs> and I don't really like it. And so I've been ever since I started like a really intensive exercise program, I've, the symptoms seem to have gone away, which is making me like confident, like, ah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I should probably, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll check, check, check out one of those kids. So, uh, but yeah, well, thank you, Timothy. That's a, yeah, that's a good, yeah, good advice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the, the questions. Uh, I know there's a lot of questions that kind of start off asking how you're doing. So at least we kind of <laughs> got a little bit. So, but you're, 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 you're feeling better now. You're, you're getting out and shooting now. You're, everything's uh, oh, kind of equaled out now. Yeah. I feel like it's like a 180. I mean, uh, it took me a while. Like it was a good month until I felt like 90, 95%, but I'm, I'm definitely like, I feel like my old self again, which is, which is good. You know, it's awesome. It, yeah, it is. Very it's, cool. it's a great feeling. Oh, very good, man. Very good. Uh, let's get to the question. So, uh, what do we have first up for uh, Timothy from the Facebook group? All right. Well, first up, we have a question from Vicki and Bill Thu. Um, and uh, they're saying, Timothy, hoping you are recovering, recovered, and staying well. Uh, photography is important in my life, but I can only do it knowing my wife and my family's health and well-being is intact. Given recent and ongoing events, has photography changed in the order of priorities for you? Ooh, that's good. <laughs> there's well, some deep ones. There's some deep I mean, ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for uh, the well wishes. I really appreciate it. Um, as for that actually, question. That's Mr. Bill Thu. He, he, yeah. Him and his wife have, a, a, I guess, a joint account. But it's Bill Thu that's basically asking that. Bill's a great guy. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I figured it was him halfway yeah. through the question. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see him all on Instagram. I love his work. Too. Oh, he's great. Is mm -hmm. fantastic night photography too. If you, uh, oh man, I gotta check this out. Oh, check out Bill too. He's awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Timothy. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no worries, no worries. So, um, yeah, I mean, it has. Yeah, there's priorities now. You know, like I have to make sure that I have everything I need health wise before I, you know, buy a brick of you know T-Max or <laughs> Ilford or something. You know, like I have to make sure my ducks are in a row before I. Um, go dropping a wad of cash on, on some, on some <laughs> film cameras or film or something like that. But you know, it's the same old, thankfully I'm a pack rat and I have just like probably everybody listening, a fridge full of film and enough cameras to supply my neighborhood if need be. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if the revolution ever begins, we're, we're set here, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, and fam family first, uh, that that's like a big thing. You should always should always uh you know keep tabs on that stuff before photography is definitely a very important thing and like I need to make sure that there is like a a fund for that, but mm -hmm. it's it's not the the very first thing anymore. <laughs> do you find do you find photography is kind of uh like a lot of people feel uh I know uh, Roxanne is real big on it. Matter of fact that's what she uh tries to use it as a, a therapeutic thing for the kids that she that she's uh, working with, but do you find it very therapeutic uh, just going out and shooting? Do you, like, is it put you in, a, in a, a better place every time you're out with a camera? 100%. Yeah. I, uh, 
I, 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 I thankfully work, you know, what, one, two, three, four blocks away from my job. So uh -huh. I, or I live four blocks away from my job and I always get asked if I need a ride home or do I want to ride to work? And I'm always just like, no, because I need to take my walk down to work with my camera. Even if I don't take a shot, mm -hmm. I need to just be in that, you know, that like tunnel vision we get into when we go out and shoot before work and after work. Like I need to just blow off all that steam because oh, yeah. customer service is, is no joke. You know, like it is <laughs> rough dealing with people for, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. And then, you know, even if it's, midnight one o'clock in the morning that's even the best time to like walk home kind of just blow off the steam of the day and even if i don't take a shot just looking planning thinking like it's i, I mean i don't know if i've ever said it on like my podcast but i i definitely feel like photography's like gave me a second chance and 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 look at life like because mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. when you stop playing music and all that stuff like i like you i was a musician and i mm -hmm. you know fed my soul with that stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just uh yeah i do i i i get that like zen especially from like developing too i love just like oh, I do too. Yeah. Same. and just like smelling the chemicals and hearing the sounds of the tank and you know it's just mm -hmm. it's therapeutic i mean i know it seems like it's like over you know like a cliche but like to me it's a, such a stress reliever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep Speaking of uh, customer service, uh, dealing with customer service, I think Andre has the next question. Andre's probably got a little thought about, <laughs> about dealing with people. <laughs> uh, I mean, th this period of, of COVID-19 and people, uh, you know, getting into developing for the first time or getting back into it, stocking up on chemistry, you know, is, is great, you know, short term financially. But uh, it definitely <laughs> is very difficult uh, dealing with a huge amount of people emailing in. But... Uh, not here to talk about that. Instead, we are here to, I'm here to read a question from none other than Mr. Theo Panagopoulos, recent uh, guest on one of my solo shows. Recent Timothy victim asked, of mine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he asks, hey, Timothy, what type of photographer do you see yourself as, and how do you see yourself evolving in the future? Oh, man. I, you know, when I first when it clicked i guess i guess that that's what i'll say when photography clicked and i found you know i think it's a big thing to shoot the same camera and the same film stock for at least a certain period of time to kind of mm -hmm. get your your style and your and your bearings on because it gets to the point where you know i've been shooting 1600 black and white film where i don't even have to really meter anymore what it's going to be and um when i was like researching the greats photography i've always wanted to be like the the documentary like war photographer street photographer type thing and i just don't have the the balls i guess to to really grab those shots like mm. that and i and i'm starting to realize that more now since i've kind of had this new like outlook on life thing happen recently of where you know i gotta like really choose what's important and you know, just going for it feels so much better. I know when, like, when I would get, say, I'm, I'm working a shift at the pub, and I work at a pub, by the way, and I'm working a shift at the pub, and I, like, chug a chug a harp Irish lager beer right before I head out onto the street, like, the beer. Uh, the beer I, love, 
I love some you, harp. Uh, oh, delicious. <laughs> it's the one. It's the one like uh, non-domestic uh, beer that I drink. They used to drink a lot, and, and the bar I used to go to, uh, the bar I used to work at, actually, uh, they had harp on tap, and they took it off. I was like, "How did you get rid of harp?" And like, Mike, you're the only one that drank it, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I can't argue that then. So, <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> well, if you if you ever come to Franklin, we have it on tap at the pub. There you but go. <laughs> I you just like I would always like when I knew I was going to go take a couple laps around town, I would just like down a beer because it just gives you that little bit of push that you need to be like uh-huh. like taking like getting a camera in somebody's face and taking their picture and you know kind of shoot first, apologize later type thing. And I think. Like now, since we're kind of stuck inside, I kind of have just been working more on like I've been doing like a project on my recovery from this whole hospital thing, like learning how to be a diabetic. And just I just kind of want to document, you know what I mean? I'm not I've always wanted to be like the the document, the documentary guy, but it's it's tough. And I don't think I'll ever have the courage to go 100 percent in. And I'm not, as you say, a spring chicken anymore where I, (laughs) you know, I, I. I just don't think it'll change. So I think I just need to be kind of content and happy with what I shoot. And I don't know what that's called. I guess just a, a hobbyist. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually it could be just a matter of just letting yourself just naturally evolve, you know, like I, I feel like uh, the best thing to do in any sort of creative outlet is don't try to push yourself into things that uh, just cause you think you need to just letting it kind of naturally evolve. I, I know it's definitely the case with music. Uh, like I've, we've had many bands I've tried to start, right? We're going to sound like this band. We're going to sound uh-huh. like this sound. It never sounds like that. And it's always awful. If you try to make it sound like that, you just kind of let, have to let it naturally happen. And I feel like photography is the same way. Like I try not to think about too much about where my photography is going. Just let it kind of naturally happen and just see where it goes, you know, without trying to force it. But maybe that's uh, maybe that's the best way to look at it. Definitely. And, and one thing that I've, when I, when I used to play music, if I would go on like a hiatus too, if I would just like not play drums for a couple years or something like that, I would have so much more desire and want, like if you just take a break, like everybody oh, yeah. always says like forcing it, like just get out there and shoot, you know, you'll, you'll feel better. And it's like, no, because you're taking the same pictures of the same things that you take all the time, which isn't bad. That's a great way to learn you know, composition and, and exposure and just like the basics of, of getting to know your camera and the film stock and stuff like that. Like that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. Like if I wouldn't have taken a million pictures of the birdhouse down the street, I probably wouldn't have learned about light and exposing it properly on there. You know what I mean? Like, like I sure. get that, like competitiveness is great, but kind of forcing yourself to do that is, is not, it, it kind of kills the, the vibe for sure of, of that. So being stuck inside like now like just like we talked about when we were talking about our week like i have this you know newfound interest in my four by five camera again i'm shooting like still life stuff that i've never tried before Uh and you know it's it's cool It, it opened up a whole new you know can of worms that i'm that i'm ready to try to do something with you know very cool. Yeah. And it kind of happened naturally. Uh, just being yeah, isolated yeah. is like, what, what the hell am I going to shoot? So, uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, exactly. a, yeah, very cool. All right. What do we got next for Timothy? Um, we have a question from David Mihaly and he asks, I know you have a pretty formidable camera collection. Do you struggle when deciding which camera or cameras to shoot for the day or does this, the decision come naturally for you? 
David Mahali as the old camera guy on YouTube. And he, oh, uh, yeah, when, yeah. He, when he was on the show, he, he admitted to having like 150 cameras or something like that. And it kind of blows <laughs> away. But then I had Theo Panagopoulos on. And he said, I think, I think he said he trumped him. I think he had 250. So, oh like, my gosh, like, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I thought I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> makes, me, makes me feel good. So, uh, all right. What, what, what do you got for that one? Uh, so yeah, I mean, just like that, I don't have a, I don't have 150. I mean, I probably did at one point, I was the guy that would rescue any camera at any Goodwill or any, you know, I just had buckets upon buckets of point and shoots that were broken. Uh And I, I needed to save them anyway, even though they didn't even work. But, um, so yeah, it, okay. So lately, right before I got sick, Mr. Uh, Chris Visser sent me his Leica M7 to play with for a while and potentially buy. We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, you're turning up the heat on him right here. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's crazy because I got sick and I had a Leica. It was all I could think about when I was in the ICU. I was just like, that Leica, <laughs> it's just sitting there. But uh, Timothy, so, do you have a do you have a good Leica voice? Leica, <laughs> Leica. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I think you got it. You're just working enough. You're, you're... <laughs> But uh, okay, so since I got that, yes, I mean, yes and no, I have a million cameras and it's always hard to choose like which baby to take, you know, and um, I always like to shoot a 35 millimeter with either T-Max or I've been shooting a lot of Ilford lately because it's it's a little cheaper than Kodak right now. And um, so I always have that. That's like the staple. That's usually what's around my shoulder. And right now it's in a Leica. Normally it was in, I have a Bessa, an R2S. Uh, it's like a really weird Bessa, Voigtlander Bessa that takes Nikon uh, S lens to look it up. Um, but it's usually that. Like I love a rangefinder. I'm a big rangefinder fan. I'm one of those people that has to have, especially now I have my SX70 and I have uh stylus epic that i'm shooting color film only and uh but i'm really trying to just like shoot the leica while i have it and really try to like see what the hype is all about and if it's like for me and so that's pretty much what i've been doing for the last month is just that but mm-hmm. i mean i have so many cameras like i have the the display shelf of cameras that's just like you know when people come into my office they can see like my cool camera collection and then you go in my <laughs> closet that's where all are you know the pentax 67 the veronica the the rb67 like all my favorite cameras that i've like bought and sold a million times that i will never get rid of again that's why they're like out of sight out of mind because i know <laughs> like i can i can easily sell it and get something else and it's like no i'm not going to do that this time so i'm really trying to see on instagram i always try to like at least like put a camera up for sale once a week and and try to like have a little usually that money goes to like film my film fund or if i need new negative sleeves or if you know polaroid has a deal on black frames or something like that like i always try to take and use that for like kind of just like put it back into the the fund of photography yeah yeah makes sense yeah it's uh, i i've i've weaned down the uh, the collection a little bit, but still got I'm still swimming in cameras. Let's face it, we all are. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all right, so uh, what do we got next? This question comes from Mr. Bill Smith, one of the co-hosts of the Classic Camera Revival podcast. 
And he asked, hi, Timothy, hope you're recovering well. Do you find photography a means of coping with what has been going on in your life personally and with the wider pandemic? Dude, that's, uh, oh, thank you, Bill. I'm recovering well. And uh, yes, uh, the the pandemic has been kind of inspiring. You know, like we don't get out much since this whole thing's been going on. You know, we do the grocery store and I occasionally go on like a 10, 15, 30 minute walk around the block. But so much has changed since this thing started. You know, like our where I live in Franklin, it's a it's an old like Civil War tourist town that is is just nonstop all the time here. It, mm. You know, I think they say like something crazy, like 30 people a day move to the area or something wild like that. And it is just like so overpopulated and it takes, you know, an hour just to drive 20, like 20 seconds down the street to the grocery store during rush hour. It's just yes. chaos here. Like, right. And, uh, and since the ban has been on, you know, roads are empty. My like main street is completely empty. Usually it's like people fist fighting over parking spots downtown. And it's just like bare. And I've been trying to do my best to document that, but I feel like everybody's doing that right now. I mean, I took a couple shots of of downtown and of the building where I work because we had a big sign in our window at the pub that I work at. And it's just like, you know, we're still doing deliveries, yada, yada, you know. So I, I am trying to document this. But meanwhile, I'm I'm at home kind of documenting taking insulin and taking my blood sugar. And I've been taking uh, some food portraits of like portions of food that i'm eating and like it's i don't know it's it's weird and it, and it kind of helped me deal with the recovery of not being able to eat i'm such a i i grew up 15 minutes away from hershey pennsylvania so oh, like right <laughs> you know a hershey chocolate bar with almonds is like my lifeblood like, <laughs> right <laughs> like a year ago you could like cut me and i would bleed chocolate and almonds <laughs> and <laughs> that's like my all-time favorite and you know i have like feverish dreams about those at night when <laughs> sleeping and <laughs> and it's funny because now it's like now i'm mr i mean i wouldn't say like being able to to take insulin i i i can eat a little more better than i was before i was on the insulin like before i was basically like starving myself because i thought that's how you kept blood sugar down and because i didn't want to research it and i didn't know anything about the doctor and well i did know about doctors but i was too scared to go but um <laughs> so yeah i've been documenting this whole process two people uh, uh wyatt uh junior junior wyatt yeah he, he had said something to me about documenting it and so did chris visser and i and it clicked when they were both talking to me about that because i was you know sharing some snaps on my instagram stories and stuff and they're just like man you need to make a project out of it so i've kind of got that going in the background you know it might not ever see the light of day i might not share it nobody really wants to see like syringes and stuff you know it's kind of <laughs> it, or me like I, I tried to do like a self portrait of giving myself the insulin and, you know, it was fun to learn how to do that. I've never done like a self portrait like that before. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of time to work on things right now. With yeah. Being out of yeah. Work. Well, it's kind of, it, it, it reminds me, uh, I mean, Andre went through heart surgery at a very young age and he, <laughs> uh, photography kind of helped him uh, uh, quite a bit. So maybe Andre has a, a little thought there, right? I mean, I feel like, 
you know, having sort of seen the kind of photography that that folks like Matt Day uh, did when he was recovering from his yeah crazy like batshit crazy uh, tick-borne illness. Um, and now seeing some of the things that, that, uh, you're doing, Timothy, even if it's something as simple as, well, here's, you know, this life thing that happened to me and I'm having to eat differently. Here's a picture of the food that I'm eating. It makes me kind of think back to that time. And yeah, I've got some photos from that time, but none of them were kind of aimed at me. I I didn't like my family taking photos of me on their iPhones uh, during that that time. I didn't take any self-portraits. What I did was I did a little bit of street photography when I would go out with the Olympus XA, which is the only camera that I could like bear to lift uh, up to my eye, given all the oh, you know muscle and nerve damage. But it, it it's one of my biggest regrets photographically that I didn't choose to document it in a way that was inward facing. Mm. All right. So what do we got next for Timothy? All right, so next we have our own Angela Solace, who, by the way, before I even start with the question, sent me amazing tea, and I'm addicted. So <laughs> that, that Dave's tea is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> she also sent me some, and I've, I've brought it with me to the park with the little jet boil stove, and it, is it was so wonderful. Good. So good, so good. Thank you, Angela. Like, ridiculously good. Anyway. My wife's addicted to it and just uh, just placed an order for it and got it uh, like a, a huge box of dates. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just putting it in order too. <laughs> so good. So Angela, you're the best. <laughs> and she says, hi, Tim. I hope you're safe and recovering. Once this whole thing is over and given the opportunity to travel, which places would you visit and why? What cameras and what film would you bring? Man, that's a bunch right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, man, so, okay, back in March, at the end of March, uh, Chris and I were supposed to go to New York City and uh, go to this Lamography gallery they were doing a gallery show for the metropolis film and they kind of wanted us to be there to do a photo walk and kind of just hang out in new york city because we we did a meetup here in nashville we did a meetup in la and we were going to do our new york city meetup and you know covid19 happened and kind of prevented the whole you know trip to new york city which is a complete bummer because we had Mm. you know the plane tickets purchased and all that stuff. So I think definitely uh, New York would be trying to make something happen with Lomography because we want to go. We want to go hang out with Lomography, and we also want to go to Brooklyn Film Camera and do stuff with Kyle DePew and just kind of see our our New York homies. And uh, man, camera! If I still have this Leica, I'm definitely taking that with. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to look cool in front of everybody. And that's uh, right. Film, you know, like I said a little bit ago, I'm I'm yeah I'm not super picky when it comes to black and white as long as it's got like the ability to be pushed to sixteen hundred to look you know super contrasty. I that's what I'm shooting at that point. Whatever I can afford, you know. Right now, Ilford's definitely on the little cheaper end than Kodak. Kodak really kind of upped their prices, and I get it. You know, it's it's a it's a new day we live in, and it's sad to see, you know, 10 packs of T-Max for 80 bucks or something like that. Like, it, it broke my heart when I saw that. Uh-huh. But, um, 
don't get me wrong. I love Kodak. I like. I was going to say. Well. I was going to say. You're 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 like uh, you're the other guy that uh, professes a big love of Kodak, like I do. So <laughs> I do. I, I love 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 Kodak, and it, and it's like I really feel like I'm cheating with shooting HP5 because not that I like talk trash on HP5, but I just kind of I, I didn't feel like it fit what I was going for when I was shooting it, you know, and like I I was kind of coerced by the Matt Day craze of shooting HP5 push 1600 just like everybody else does and um it, it works and it and it's really working now like you know I I'm using a different developer than I was back then and it it, it matches more of what I'm trying to shoot so yeah definitely some sort of a 35 millimeter rangefinder with some 1600 pushed probably hopefully Kodak I would bring the expensive stuff on a on a fun New York City trip there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, what do we have next for Timothy? Next, we have from Iceland, Mr. Gormarpur Manihafstenson. <laughs> I didn't pronounce that right. He uh, says, Hey guys, hope all is well with you and Timothy's recovering well. Last summer, I bought a house and while renovating it, I listened to all episodes of the Analog Talk podcast and totally and it totally saved my sanity. Inspired. <laughs> Thank you for your positive attitude and for your contributions, Tim. What is your favorite film stock for 4x5? And could you please some, make some more 4x5 videos on your YouTube channel? We need more large format content. P.S. Please make Andre say my name again. It sounded so sexy last time. <laughs> Best wishes and respect from Iceland. Uh, Cox, it's short for Kormakur. Cool. Tak, which means thank you. You will always say his name because I, you definitely know how to do that, Andre. <laughs> the ability to roll the R's that comes from uh, Portuguese and Spanish, that helps quite a bit. I would put to that so bad. Kentucky trying to do uh, Iceland, not going to work. <laughs> not going to come up very well. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. So, okay. Favorite, favorite four by Oh, okay. So yeah, I am. I've been shooting uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes of these still lifes. So hopefully I will get a video together for my YouTube channel of, of the 4x5 camera. I've, I've really been trying to shoot some content here, even to just kind of put together like a compilation of the last couple weeks or something like that. And a little bit of a story of my sickness and or my illness. I don't want to call it a sickness. It sounds kind of scary when you call it that. But um. <laughs> So favorite 4x5 film, it's funny because I just was dogging on HP5, but HP5 shot at box speed and 4x5 is like one of the most beautiful films I've I've ever seen. Seeing it that big, seeing the grain structure, um, it would have to be a tie between that and T-Max 100. Um, wow, I love T-Max. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a big T-Max fan, mm -hmm. but those two for 4x5, um, HP5 just looks completely different and four by five, I feel like. And I'm not so worried about the extra push and contrast. Like I always shoot at box speed when I'm shooting the four by five. I've never once tried pushing the film. I just don't feel like if you're going through such like a, I always look at four by five like a dance. Like it's just kind of like a, you really gotta make sure that you nail the steps or you're not gonna have like a good picture. You know, you really need to look at all the corners of this of the ground glass. You need to make sure that you're, you know, you shut the lens because you, you open the lens to focus. And I don't know how many times I've like pulled the dark slide of the film holder and I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to shut the lens. Like you, there's just like a little 
like a little dance you do with four by five and mm. it's 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 so much fun like i i'm I'm kicking myself for not doing it for so long, but do you ever think about putting like a cheat sheet on the back of the camera? Like, Hey, do this, <laughs> do this, do this. <laughs> Cause that's what I would do. <laughs> when I, when I, when I was like going hard with it, when I was shooting just like pretty much the four by five and that was it. Um, I had a little taped sheet to the back yes. that just said like, close the lens, make sure it's in focus. Like look at your corners and I forget there was one more thing. Oh, bring a bring a uh, the shutter release cable because there's so many times I've gone out and didn't bring a shutter release, and it's like I'm shooting like four minute exposures, and I gotta like keep my finger on the shutter. You know, it's like pretty mm. ridiculous. So that yeah, I did, but I I recently peeled that off and cleaned the camera up when I was trying to sell it. So <laughs> I might I might have to go back to putting that on there again. <laughs> Timothy, with with regards to the YouTube videos, have you ever thought of doing something a little bit kind of uh, shorter and, and less formal, uh, such as a you know a, you know a classic negative positives face cast low low fi just with your phone? Yes, I I think about it all the time, and <laughs> I I I'm just like I I love okay so with the YouTube I really love the editing like editing video is. It's kind of like developing film for I was going to say that, right? Probably a Zen sort of process for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like, especially when you find a song that, and it's really tough to find like non-copyright, like copywritten music to use for YouTube. Like you can get hit, especially if you're trying to use YouTube as like a monetization thing. Like, not that I make anything off that. It takes me a, an entire year to make $100 off of my <laughs> YouTube channel. So it's it's really not about the money. It's more about just like not stealing somebody's music. You know, when I when I first got into editing, like thankfully I used like songs that I liked because it, it helped teach me the aspect of that. And like editing the music and like following the beat and then going off the beat. And, you know, I'm glad I did it with songs that I, I knew, but now it's like the, I don't want to pay for, you know, some sort of a music service when I can just use whatever YouTube has in their like media library. But yeah, I, I definitely think about that all the time of just kind of bare bonesing it, but it's such a competitive market. The YouTube thing when you've got like, especially now with COVID, I've seen like 20 new channels pop up in the last couple of weeks. And I just get, competitive i'm just like right. i i want my videos to be like on par or i i feel like my stuff's a little different than like what's out there i try to make it not so like everybody else's stuff mm -hmm. i mean maybe it is maybe i'm just like thinking i'm a lot cooler than i really am I don't well know. You, you you take pride in it so yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. And well, I will tell you, Timothy, uh, my band Sea Hero is all instrumental music and have at it, man. We won't sue you. Oh, you, dude, you yeah. all send, you send me a link, man. I would love to. I, I need I need new music. Absolutely. Any, anybody out there that needs music. Uh, hey, uh, we're not making shit off Sea Hero anyway. So uh, just uh, yeah, just hit me up and I'll send you files. You can use it all you want. So. Awesome. And it's and it's instrumental. So it's pretty versatile for whatever your media needs are. There you go. There you go. So. Hey, that's, yeah. it's tough to find stuff like that. I mean, they're in the in the library of like YouTube, there's some really good stuff, but then there's mm. just some like really terrible stuff. And when you have a good tune, it definitely makes it a lot easier to edit too. 
Well, our, our music is typically very atmospheric, so it should, should work. It's not, no, no, there's no, you're not going to hear any like uh, blues lawyer uh, so, solos or anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what we got next for Timothy? All right. So, next we have uh, another guest we had, a photographer and also fellow YouTuber to you, Timothy, Jesse, um, Jess Hobbs, actually on YouTube. Oh, hey, uh-huh. Jess. Yeah. She says, hi, Timothy. I hope you're doing well. I'm actually going to cheat and ask two questions, but they kind of go together. So one, which photographer or photographers is your biggest inspiration? And then two, what was it like to get to interview some big names like Jason Lee, Jeff Bridges, and Adam Goldberg for Analog Talk? Take care and stay safe. Oh, man, Jess is amazing. She, she also was a, was a big contributor to my GoFundMe. She sold a bunch of prints and rallied, rallied the community. And thanks again, Jess, for that. Like, I can't thank you enough. Um, She's awesome. Yeah, amazing. And she's like the most bubbly, like she is. I so mean, yes, I love watching, her. <laughs> watching her want, channel is, is so much fun. I want to just like uh like draw some blood from her and get it transfused me, maybe get <laughs> some of that energy. But yeah, but uh <laughs> yes, no, I agree. Man, both both really good questions. Um, so the first one was uh photographer, um photographers. Mm-hmm. Man, I have a I have a couple. Like I'm a big fan of I mean, I guess these are pretty like standard typical answers, but I love Alex Soth. Like his he did a he did like a course for Magnum and I probably watch that thing once a month. He did this course of where he goes through like all of his books and then like how he does how he does portrait shoots and how he includes landscapes into his books. And it just like the knowledge that guy has and on top of his like amazing photography, like the guy is just amazing. And mm. I would also have to say um, Todd Heido. I love his night work. I, I, I'm not too keen on his portrait stuff. I, I, I like it, but it's not really my thing. I'm more into like those like foggy night I like how the point he gets across with like, you know, the, the light in the windows. I mean, everybody does those shots now. It's kind of like an overplayed thing, but it was definitely like a big inspiration when I was learning how to shoot Mm. all that stuff. Like both Mm -hmm. huge photographers. Uh, Sally Mann is another one that just like um, her documentary that's on Amazon um, is just like one of the best examples of i gotta watch that i I mean i need something to watch so uh, oh man yeah it's it's insane like she talks about the project that she's working on uh, i can't even think of the name of it right now i'm drawing a blank it was the name of her book why why can't i think of it uh anyway but it's a it's a project about death she's like shooting about death and a lot of it has to do with like her family and her her husband has like a degenerative like bone disease or something i forget Mm. it's just like and then there's her photography she you know she's like out in the field like taking a portrait of her husband on a horse and it's just like her style is amazing and her like balls to shoot things like dead people and all the family 
documentation that she did and got a lot of shit for because her children were naked and Uh you know it's just such a weird thing that like people can't look past the art you know they see something that's i mean i get it there's creeps out there and all kinds of stuff but i don't know i would say those three are probably my i mean there's a lot of like street photographers and stuff but i can't even like i guess they're not that important because i can't even think of their names right now you know what right, I mean? like, right. they're not coming to to mind but i would definitely have to say those three and um as for talking to jason lee jeff bridges and adam um like Jason Lee, I'm a skateboarder. Grew up skateboarding. Oh, um, I I love Jason Lee. Matter of fact, uh, Manette and I just watched uh, Vanilla Sky for about the uh, 170th time, and I, that's I love that movie. And yeah, uh, yeah so but uh, uh, Jason Lee is so awesome. I, I, honestly, out of all the big wigs that you all have interviewed, Jason would be the one that I would want to interview the most. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know. 30 minutes before the show, Chris and I are just like, we always kind of sit and talk and like, what are we going to, what are we going to ask? Like, do you want to do the intro? You know? And we were just like, like all three of those. I mean, everybody that we get on the show, I mean, you could have a thousand to 50,000 followers on Instagram. It's not about that to us. It's kind of just like, we look at everybody the same, not Mm -hmm. to give some sort of like generic answer because you know, yeah, it was really special with those three. And, and, um, Especially, you know, Jason was such a sweetheart. He was just like, do I sound good here? You know, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? I mean, he was like, so nice. It wasn't, you know, it was just perfect. You know, same with Jeff Bridges. He was just like, is my lighting, does my lighting look all right? You know, and we're just like, we're shitting our pants. We're like, it's Jeff Bridges. You know what I mean? We're like, dude, you look great. Like, you look right. perfect. Like, you're, you're fucking Jeff Bridges, man. Yeah. Like, you have a, a a light bulb under your face with the monster lighting, and it still look good, right? So, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, and uh, Adam, it was funny because um, he's hilarious. No, oh, his, dude, yeah. he's, he's something else, man. And right. right before we started the interview, I YouTube the scene in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> where he's he's getting the bayonet stabbed oh, in his that's heart. That's the worst scene of that movie. Oh, I know. God, that, oh. I like I watched that right before we interviewed him. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> like oh. it, it. It was so intense. And I mean, he's an intense dude. Like I just he, I don't know. Just definitely like. I mean, yeah, we get cold feet, and you know, it's jittery, but it's just like. They're just like everybody else. You know, mm. they love photography. They love they want to help push this thing further and, you know, keep it going because it's something that we're all passionate about. And it's, you know, it's crazy. I <laughs> I love I love doing it and I hope we get to talk to them again. Like that would be amazing. And it's I, it's not that it, it, it's crazy. I mean, we're just like two people sitting on the other like opposite sides of the country of each other and all it takes is just like reaching out to the right person about getting them on the show. I mean, uh, that's how that's how important film photography is to these people. It's not about like our numbers, it's not about that. It's just about like the passion and love of photography. Like Oh, that's awesome. I I I have to admit if I had any of those three on the show I, I generally get drunk on the show anyway, but I'd be so hammered. <laughs> I'd, I'd be so nervous. I'd have to hammer just, just to get oh through it. Like, <laughs> I would love it. I'd love it. Uh, oh, but, that's classic. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and and also, uh, Anzo Adams' ghost is going to be on Analog Talk soon. So, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I say I say it's our big uh, 100th episode. We'll be answered. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So what we got next for Timothy? All right. Next up from Mr. Matt Melcher, host of the uh, Box of Cameras podcast. Asks, uh, how are you doing? How has your recent health scare changed your thoughts on what you want to accomplish with your photography? Man, that's a that's a good one. Um, I, I think we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier um hopefully that all worked out and we didn't we don't lose that because of my <laughs> microphone but um it's a you know it, it's about like like how i was saying i i feel like you know i would i would drink a little bit of beer and head out onto the street with a little more confidence because of the the beer but i think it's i think i've kind of grown past that like i realized how short life can life can really be i mean when a when a doctor is telling you that, you know, I was almost in a coma and probably would have died if I would have waited any longer to come into the hospital. Mm. And it's kind of like one of those like YOLO moments of where you, you do only live once. And I think we forget that a lot. Like it's so easy to get in the grind of the daily bullshit that we have to put up with. And, you know, I just think it's 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 important to take a leap and to try to at least try, you know, instead of thinking about it and being frustrated about your work, like just try to do it. I mean, just like try to get outside of the box, try to do things that you wouldn't normally do that you want to, you know, knock off your list of things to do. Yeah, that's I, that's very good points. Yeah, I definitely want to like achieve you know my list of goals of photography before i go but you know it it also comes with the price of of burnout and and all that stuff like i don't want to like rush back into it because i think i you know i can conquer everything because i survived this or something you know like i still want to like take it slow and and be more thoughtful with my stuff too like really think about it and like i want to put out more like Books. Like I always want to put out zines. I mean, I'm not so much into the big photography book, but zines are, I feel like are super important because they're just like snapshots of time. You know, they're a story, even if it's a bunch of random pictures, it's like 2018's random pictures. You know what I mean? Like it's, I just want to do more and I want to do kind of, I want to be a little more adventurous. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of times that, it's it's kind of sad that we as humans sometimes we need uh, a little kick in the ass to realize oh, yeah. how how precious life is and like so I think a good thing that we can learn from your experience even if we haven't went through a major health crisis crisis recently is uh, hey uh, take take some of what you're hearing here tonight and and realize like you know get that how about having a kick in the ass without having <laughs> to have a major health scare right yeah, like exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, what's that? What's next? For, how many have we are we getting close to the end here? Where are we, we at with them? We are. I think we only have two more questions. Okay, we got. So this one is from Joel Perlis, and mm-hmm. he asks, "What would you like future generations to think about and feel from your photos when they look at them a hundred years from now, like Ansel Adams' majestic black and white landscapes or Cartier Bassant's iconic candid style? What would you like to be the best known in your photographs that would make them Timothy Ditzler art pieces?" Wow, <laughs> that, is a, that is a that is a tough one, Rag. <laughs> 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 
I was reading it and I was like, wow, this is just like intense right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the only thing, yeah, that is intense. Jeez. The only thing that comes to mind is uh, I did a book. It was like 2016 or 17. It was called Homespun. It was right when I got my Mamiya RB67 and I was that camera, I don't know what it is. When I have that camera with me out in like downtown Franklin, I, I just have like, I have no fear because for one, it's a waist level camera. Well, I have the waist level viewfinder on it. So I'm not like holding an intimidating camera up to my face, like pointing it at people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's down at my waist. I'm kind of just like, catching the ebb and flow of life with this camera and it's really not meant to be a street photography camera but i i loved taking that camera around especially when peel apart film was still you know seven dollars for right 100 the, the, the good old days yeah. Yeah. yeah and i would just shoot so much peel apart film and and triax it was like triax and peel apart film with that camera when i was shooting that project and I I really hope it's a I, I wish I could go back and re-edit it, but the main files of that book, I mean, I guess I could find all the pictures again and kind of like recall them and redesign the book again. I mean, maybe I'll do that in the future because I, you know, I think like 25 people have the book, so it's not a big deal to kind of redo it again. Mm-hmm. But I I love those pictures. I love the portraits that I got. I love the landscapes. I mean, there's some really bad photos that I was just filling space with. And it was my first book. So I was just excited to to put a book together and, you know, all that stuff. So I kind of hope that, you know, maybe 100 years from now, there's one of those sitting in like a a downtown Franklin archive somewhere and they, they pull it out and they're just like, oh, wow, look, there was a movie theater here. Oh, look, that's where Starbucks was. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, a hover, a hoverboard car, you know, place here now, you know, right. Like, you know, oh, that's where the alien attack happened or whatever happens in 100 years from now. Who knows? And uh, I hope that kind of stands the test of time. I mean, I haven't really written the what my future is going to be yet. You know, I'm still, you know, I've been doing this for like shooting film and being like 100% about photography for not that long. I mean, it's only been like seven years. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm still learning, you know, I'm still really kind of honing down and figuring out what my style is. I hope I at least, you know, who knows, maybe my stuff will get put in a storage unit and somebody will find it and then scan all my negatives and I'll be the next <laughs> Vivian Meyer. Like, who knows? Like, <laughs> who knows what happens? But I, I hope I hope the, the Franklin book kind of holds the test of time and, and that gets passed down at least. Well, it sort of reminds me, I've talked about it many times on the podcast, is like, you know, uh, sometimes shots of your local area that you see all the time, uh, we sometimes discount those, and but even because they seem mundane or whatever. But in mm-hmm. 10 years, they won't be mundane because that place could be completely changed. And, yeah, and the way exactly. things are changing so quickly, it most likely will be completely changed. So even that 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 is you what you could consider an unphotographic or unphotogenic uh, gas station on the on a corner or somewhere, uh, 10 years from now is going to be completely different. And uh, exactly. And, yeah. So there is, there is value in that no matter what. So just documenting your local area. So uh, I think it's a, it was a, a good project to do. So, 
All right. Uh, where we got next? Well, this question comes from Mr. Matt Murray, host of the Matt Loves Cameras podcast. Uh, he's got quite a few. Uh, number one, <laughs> what's your favorite Polaroid camera? Number two, how do you rate the recent Polaroid emulsions? Number three, if a genie gifted you an infinite stack of Polaroid film that you and only you could shoot forever, what emulsion would you choose? <laughs> wow. Polaroid, Polaroid, Polaroid. Like, I, I, uh, I'm such a huge fan of Polaroid. Like, I, we just had, uh, well, it won't be out yet, I don't think. This comes out tomorrow, right? Is that when this comes out? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, on Wednesday, uh, we have Ben Fredernelli. He does the in an instant youtube channel it's a newer channel and we had him on for polaroid week and stuff like that and the guy's knowledge of polaroid is just insane and we it was just so much fun to like geek out with somebody who's like a polaroid head because like i feel like i'm a polaroid head and um but i i would have to say my favorite camera it's a toss-up like i love the sx70 there is not a camera that is more innovative or beautiful like even to this day if i pop it out and show somebody Uh, that's never seen one they're just amazing yeah yeah, and and they think it's new you know they think it's something that like came out yesterday like that's how timeless that camera is it's like a it's like a masterpiece of like industrial design pretty much it is i mean i i i'm sad to say that i don't think anything will ever happen like that again right for for at least our lifetime and Mm. um but it's and then the the second one would have to be the Sun 660. Like it's a sonar, just normal 600 flip up, like Polaroid. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the one that you you know used in the 80s that you probably remember your parents shooting with or you shot with. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are probably my two favorite. Um, as for the emulsions, I think they're getting there. I think they're. I mostly shoot the black and white, and I feel like that film is extremely fail-safe. Like, I've never had any major issues with it. Like, there's no crazy, like, color toning stuff going on. Like, some of the color film gets a little weird. Like, if it's Mm -hmm. underexposed, it it has, like, a weird cast. If it's overexposed, it has another weird cast. Like, you really do have to shoot that film dead on. But I think they're... They're way better than they were when they were the Impossible Project and even Polaroid Originals. Like it's it's they're getting there. It's almost there. You know, like it's it's almost extremely reliable. And I, I mean, I love it regardless. Like I love the quirks about it. I love that I just ruined an entire pack of SX70 film the other day because my camera jammed and it just spit all eight frames out uh. when, I, when I pushed the button. And I uh. like, that's just. But that's like one of the things about Polaroid that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like I as much as it was like, oh, my God, there was, you know, twenty dollars down the drain. I was still just like laughing, you know, and I was like, man, this is this is what I love about this stuff. Like the unpredictability, like it's it's amazing. But um, as for film, infinite supply, me only, like I will have two bodyguards set up with machine guns, like. Hoard it, like watching the fridge because type 55 polaroid it's a four uh, by five peel apart 50 iso i had two boxes of it gifted to me from i have a photography guru here in town he's this 90 year old man he was an old wedding photographer and we just hit it off like he's my like sensei you know what i mean i go to him and i'm just like this is what I'm shooting now. He's always super curious about the cameras. He's like, oh, I had one of those. Oh, man, you need to get a Hasselblad. You know, like, it's just he's 
he knows his stuff. Like he really, right. knows, and he was there for it. You know, like I don't remember it because I wasn't that into photography when I was younger. Like I said, I was more into the blonde in, you know, the second <laughs> row of the photography class. I couldn't even tell you what camera I used. And I took photography one, two, three, and an independent study photography class. And I can't tell you a damn thing about it. Like other Timothy, than. <laughs> did you ever get the blonde to go out on a date or go to prom with you? Uh, no, no, I did not. I, she didn't even know that I liked her. It was, it was cool. <laughs> I'm such a shy guy when it comes to that stuff. But anyway, um, so yeah, um, Type 55 to this day. Like I wish I had two boxes. Like I was saying, he gifted me these boxes and I just blew through it like it was, you know, just like a couple rolls of film. I was just taking pictures of stupid stuff. And I'm, I think back on it now, it's like, wow, that was like $600 worth of film that I just uh, blew through not knowing right. what it was and not knowing that, you know, I couldn't find it again, or if I did find it, it's going to be unpredictable because since then I've bought two 20 pack boxes and both were dried out, didn't work. Mm. It was a waste of a hundred dollars or $175, whatever uh, it was, you know? And, uh, yeah. yeah do, you think, uh, do you think that the, uh, I, I've always felt like this, if there was an instant four by five option that was, uh, you know, not so crazy expensive, I think a lot more people would get into large format because you wouldn't have all the, you know, yeah. the developing issues. If you could shoot like instant pill apart four by five, you know, uh, film, uh, reasonably, you know, reasonably economically, I think, man, so many more people would get into large format. Well, too, and, and like the, those type films, they come in like quick load sleeves. Like they come in mm -hmm. these sleeves. I mean, you can still get them for normal film where it's just like a, it's a little packet that the, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it where I'm like using hand motions and we're <laughs> an audio podcast, but uh, <laughs> you, it, it, they just make it so easy and convenient with that setup that, you mm. know, yes, people would be shooting it like crazy. I mean, minus like the expense of a camera, but I mean, you can still find like a crown graphic or whatever for a couple hundred bucks. Like it's, right. it's, it's not crazy getting into it, but Film processing and scanning and all that stuff can be a pain in the butt for four by five, unless yeah. you have like a a scanner built for that, or you're not stubborn like me and use a, a lab. I've never used a lab, so I I have to develop everything myself. Like I refuse to send anything out. I'm kind of the same, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much to the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group for some really. Uh, I mean, I mean, Timothy, we put you on a put you in the we put you in the in the hot seat, man. There's some, some deep some deep questions here, man. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> thanks so much for the the questions from the group, and uh, uh, we will. Uh, I guess it's time for us to take a little break. I know I am really needing to take a leak, and uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take a break, and we'll come back with uh, some follow ups uh, to Timothy uh, from the host of the Negative Positives podcast. So we'll take a break and be right back, folks.
right, folks, we're back for the last segment of this podcast with uh, Mr. Timothy Ditzler from the Analog Talk Podcast, and it's been a, a real blast. And uh, this is the kind of the segment where we, uh, the host, kind of follow up with more questions that, that didn't necessarily get touched on uh, so far. So I'll go ahead and start off. Uh, Timothy, uh, you know, I, being a fellow musician, I've, I've noticed uh, like this correlation between musicians and photography. And of course, there's the whole uh, photography and skateboarding and musicians and skateboarding. Oh, there's yeah. like a, a yeah. cross pollination of all this stuff. But uh, how do you feel like with your music? Uh, like, do you see any correlation between the two? Like what what it, I feel like there's there's a there's a reason there's a lot of musicians that are photographers. There's a lot of photographers that are musicians or however you want to say it. But like, do you think uh, how, how do you like feel like the the just the art uh, itself like from the art side of it like uh do you kind of get the same satisfaction out of photography as music or what's or what difference do you do you feel between those different uh, two different passions man yeah definitely there's definitely a like a path that happens especially like you said with skateboarding and and music i, I think it just you use a different part of your brain than like the normal like thinker you know mm -hmm. <laughs> we we have like a colorful spot i don't know i i'm not big on the right brain left brain i couldn't even tell you which one does what but i just know <laughs> that that it, it when the, i just think creativity in general is you know with music you're you're keeping time and you're being creative on that end because you know how many different chords can you play where it's not the right. same thing over and over mm -hmm. again you know but it's like you put your spin on it and you put your kind of passion into it and the same with photography i mean and with music and me like i haven't really since i moved i haven't done anything like right before i moved i put together i think it was a five song like digital ep it was it was just like electronic music mm -hmm very simple nothing crazy it's not like dance music it was more of kind of like <laughs> I, I this sounds funny it was like angels and airwaves but like electronic it was there like there pop, pop punk melodic pop punk but like uh, with made with fruity loops you know what well, i mean I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you this opportunity because i don't think you've ever promoted is there is there any place for people to check out any music you have like online or anything that yeah you yeah if you yeah. uh i have a soundcloud um i think it's it's uh it's just soundcloud.com mm -hmm. i'm left-handed if you look up i'm left-handed or even timothy makeups i think that timothy makeups is where that came from like that okay. was my i wouldn't say dj name because i wasn't a dj or anything like that right. it's just kind of you know you make a persona when you do music or something sure. like, like especially if you're doing like a solo project i came up with this persona because i was going through like heartbreak and stuff like that so it was all about like makeups, breakups, making up, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's such a long story of how this name came about. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just have a bunch of stuff over there. There's We Believe in Film podcast episodes. Like after I stopped doing Anchor, like that's also on the same SoundCloud. So if you know where those are, just kind of scroll down a little bit and you'll find like some poorly put together electronic music. Nice. But, with that concept, I, I tried to do like a full concept with that album. I, I did like, I was really into stencil graffiti at that point. Mm -hmm. And because again, like I said, I, I can't draw, I can't paint, but I can 
easily trace something and make a stencil out of it and take a can of spray paint and make something out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. again, you can take a picture of a cat and turn it into something different. If you add texture and all kinds of stuff, you just have to do you when it comes Mm -hmm. to it. And, um, I put the whole album together as a concept. I was like, even the, the art for the album was like a piece of eight by 10 paper. I learned how to fold it into a CD sleeve and made a poster out of the sleeve. And mm. it was, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool concept. And it, and it got me kind of started. Like I said, I, I had a, like a little Casio 10 megapixel digital camera that I, somebody like left at my house or something. I don't even know how I got the damn camera, <laughs> but it, it, it that, music and a bus trip kind of fueled the photography thing and it was just i don't know i just feel like we're like as i hate the word creatives you know it's such an overused word but Mm -hmm. you know people that are creative or that have like a passion inside of them that i think it's just too much for one thing like to put all of your passion into music what are you going to do you're going to burn out like you put all your passion into photography you're going to burn out, you know? So you kind of just got to, you got to, it's like an, it's a scale, you know, as long as you kind of just like keep it even, like you do your your photography thing, you kind of play with your guitar or even listening to music. I mean, is, is the same thing. Like I find the same passion in listening to other people's music as I do of making music. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. So, I, I feel like I feel like that, that's something I struggle with a lot because uh, being actively involved in music and photography, I, the, I have like this pendulum, like sometimes it's switching more towards music and sometimes it switches more t- towards photography. But yeah. like uh, but when it's when it's like when it's switched over to music, that helps my photography when it swings back over there because I'm, I'm more excited about it when it gets mm-hmm. when it gets back to that side. Uh, one of the thing that I've noticed that <clears throat> this is a correlation I've noticed between music and photography is, OK, when you're in a band and. Uh, you know, you, there's there's certain moments uh, playing in a room or or a gig or whatever with your band, and like you hit that magic moment, and everything's just it's just you're just fucking nailing it, man, and oh, you're yeah. just really feeling it. And like that's one of the best things I've ever felt in my life. And one of the best emotions I've ever felt is like that moment. But I've also had that in photography. Like I'll come up on a scene, like you know, you might just be out shooting all day. And nothing's really kind of resonating, but you're, you're shooting or whatever. And then you run onto something and like, you get really super excited about the scene. You're shooting like damn near two rows of film on this one damn photo, but like uh-huh. you're, you're so into it and like you're in the zone and it's almost the same as like being in zone in the zone with a, in a band situation when, the, when the band is really nailing it. And, uh, I've only found those two like sort of ecstatic moments it's completely different than anything else i've felt in my life yeah i mean it's the same as like nailing like a backside kickflip down like a six set you know like when you're skateboarding (laughs) it's it's the same i mean it's it's i don't know i it's just there's like i don't know there's got to be like a frequency that your brain hits when you're (laughs) when you're like doing it like when you're in your your zone or whatever you know i mean i've i've done it i've played shows where we were on and we nailed it and you know you have the crowd singing along to your lyrics and Mm -hmm. you i've had times where you know i would shoot with a friend of mine like a like a girl like i i did these photos with my friend rachel and like it was like a like a like a, I don't even like a, I, I keep saying like a dance because that's what it always reminds me of, of like mm-hmm. when I'm in the flow, it's like a flow, you know, you, you're just, you're, you're, you're connected, you know, you're finally like hitting the right, 
frequency and right. you're just like vibing with it or something i not to sound all like new age and shit but like <laughs> it's true, I, yeah yeah like there's just something about it and i think that like people that I don't know. I mean, maybe people who play like video games professionally, like when they're kicking that boss's ass, like they're in that, <laughs> that zone yeah, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. I think we all kind of have that. It's just like our thing is like jamming and taking photos. You know what I mean? Right. Or like right. doing kickflips or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. <laughs> <You're pretty cool. laughs> I agree. I agree. I just, I just want to make sure I wasn't the only weirdo out there that, uh, that felt. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, Roxana, what do you have for uh, Timothy? All right. Um, well, first, I, I, when I first began like film photography, the podcast community really was just so inspiring. And between the one I'm now co-hosting, co-co-hosting, <laughs> and Analog Talks, it was just you know, listening has always been. I, I've always felt like I was right there in the room with you, and oh, it yeah. was. Um, it's awesome. Um, and that being said, if you were to have any guest that's alive, who would it be? Man. Wow. You already got some pretty good heavy hitters already. I know. And I'm like, boom, here's another. (laughs) Well, there was, there was a time where we were, you know, we always kind of, well, I think we go normally in like month spurts. We'll kind of book out a month and then, you know, and then it's like, okay, we need to sit down and figure out who we want to have on again. And I just was randomly, it was right when uh, I, I mentioned him as one of my inspiring photographers, Alex Soth. I, I reached out to him through his little brown mushroom Instagram through my personal account. I didn't even go on the analog because like, I mean, when I use analog talk, people tend to respond. When I use my Instagram, people don't respond. But um, <laughs> I, I wrote him a message on my thing. And I was like, hey, I have a film photography podcast that I co-host. Uh, we'd love to have you on. I mean, even if you just want to basically turn it into a commercial for your your little class that you're doing for Magnum, you know, and he like reached back out right away and was just like, hey, that sounds great. My schedule's a little booked right now, you know, um, but we'll we'll figure something out. And it's I haven't really pressed it since then, but he's definitely one that I would love to talk to. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, how, how nervous would you be for that one? Any more nervous than the the other the big the, the big wigs you had on? <laughs> well, even uh, uh, the last week's well, yeah, it would be last week's episode. Daniel Milner, like he's another one that like I've looked up to like as his work in photography and his like bookmaking, like he's a evangelist for blurb, you know, he, mm-hmm. he works for blurb and is just a hell of a dude. And like, he's knows his shit. He worked for Kodak. He's worked for blurb, you know, and is, he's a documentary photographer, kind of like my dream gig. And like, I was, I, I had to have Chris, it was like my turn to introduce the show. And I was like, Chris, you're going to have to do this. I can't do it right now. Like I am just so, shook by this right now so <laughs> nice yeah but sometimes it doesn't feel like that you know what i mean like even before i hopped on with you guys tonight i was just like whoa i'm a little nervous this is weird <laughs> I, i've never felt this before you know because like <laughs> i don't there's no reason to be nervous on this podcast because uh i mean it's there's a there's a drunk guy at the at the helm like you're, you're gonna come out <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, uh, awesome well okay uh andre what do you have for uh, timothy so my question kind of revolves a little bit around uh, the time that I got to meet Timothy in person at ah. the 
Home Photography, Paideia, and San Clemente. Uh, what was it? 2019, yeah, last year. Yep, yep. And uh, so you mentioned a little bit before at the beginning of the episode that you tend to be a little bit of a lone wolf, but you have met a lot of fantastic people in this community, both from the, the podcast and online, but also in person between the Paideia and then the two analog talk, like, you know, in-person uh, meetups. You guys were planning on uh, doing one in New York, and hopefully you get to do that in the not-too-distant future. But what do you what do you kind of feel uh, is, is different about these opportunities to meet people in person? And, and kind of what does that do to you in terms of your enthusiasm about film photography, your motivation? Man, that's that's a great question, Andre. Um, well, for starters, the Padilla, that was like my Super Bowl in life. Like I <laughs> like getting to go there and, you know, just like hang out with people that I've talked to online for years, people that I've looked up to, like just like seeing the FPP guys, like like eating dinner and having drinks with Matt Day and, you know, just like King Japes, Mike, Mike from Shoot Film Co. Like it was just like, I felt like I was in my, with my people, you know what I mean? Like I, and that's how I feel like at the meetups, like when, when we had our little meetup in LA, it was all the people that I see in the comment section all the time or in the messages. And it's, it's really nice to finally see people because we're so fixated on our phones and the internet and the comment section and it's it's so hard like getting so many comments i don't know how you guys do your facebook group like you have such a, a thriving facebook group like it's, it's I hard to imagine. keep up with <laughs> yeah i i just don't have the time i try to not be on my phone that much you know i i try to because it's i mean i'm guilty of it i see my screen time every sunday on my iphone it tells me how many hours i'm on my phone and it's I, makes I, me I, want I, to vomit. I, I turn that off i i don't want to see it <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just like a different world when you finally get to see the people that you know you see in the and and you make like friendships and and bonds that last you know i haven't deleted a single person's name out of my phone from the padilla weekend because it was like an all-star text message lineup in my phone and i just can't get rid of it like i right. can't delete it it's like i'm talking to you know it was just crazy like and i look at that and i'm just like holy shit like this stuff like hard work, dedication, like doing what you love, like really pays off. You know what I mean? Like it really does uh, like that way and like emotionally, physically, like there's just it's so rewarding when you kind of tap into the arts and let yourself kind of be a part of it. You know, I think it's uh, I, I'm sure you probably feel the same way, Timothy, but like I. I've just from doing this podcast, I feel like I have like friends all over the world and I haven't oh, even met yeah. them face to face. It's, it's a strange thing, but I like, I feel like I know these people. Like I could, I could like fly to New Zealand right now and hang out with uh, uh, Stephen Ray or, 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 or like I could just, I could go to like you know, almost uh, quite a few different countries and meet up with somebody and never have met them face to face, but I almost consider them a friend and it's, it, or I definitely consider them a friend. And it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing about the film community. And I don't think a lot of hobbies have what we have, you know, no. I just don't, it's, it, it is, it is really amazing. Uh, another thing is you're, 
with Andre's conversation about uh, meetups, I, I did go to an FPP walking workshop in Finley, and I thought, I thought, that, man, these are going to be about people. I am going to get in there. I'm going to talk to tons of people and get to know all kinds of people. And this is going to be a blast. And I got there, and I was like the weird, awkward guy off in the corner the entire time. Like I, just could, I, I couldn't, I couldn't embrace it, man. Like, not, not I, I get weird around like crowds. And, I, uh, I mean, I feel this. I, I get like that, too. Yeah. yeah. That's, but I, I just couldn't break the ice for some reason. Like, and uh, I've had people come up and say, yeah, I talked to you at the uh, at the FPP workshop. I was like, oh, yeah, OK. I, I don't remember it because I'm sure I was completely awkward and like, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to get out of the uh, trying to get back to the the open bar and get another bourbon or something because yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm so nervous. Like, I I, I, I I was really kind of disappointed with the way I handled myself uh, around a large group of film photographers and, uh, that I should have really embraced the moment. And, and I just got, I got a little weird and awkward and uh, I, I hate that. Uh, but you know, Hey, maybe next time, maybe next time I'll do, I'll be better. Yeah. You'll, you'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I'll still be weird and awkward. But <laughs> it was, it was, I got lucky, like with the Padilla, we were there for like three days. So I had enough time to kind of like by Sunday, I felt, you know, I felt okay. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely felt that way. Like the first night we were there, we were like at some restaurant eating dinner with everybody. And I was just like, you know how you just like say stuff. And then you think about it five seconds later, you're like, did I really just say that? Did that make any <laughs> sense? Like, what am I even talking about? Uh, I question, I question that self. I question myself every time I edit this podcast. Why did I say that? But, uh, Oh yeah. I knew all about that. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe if I ever make it out to a film Padilla or whatever, then I'll have Roxana and Andre to make me feel at home and then I'll be in my element and it, it'll yeah. be good. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. I miss you, Mike. <laughs> gosh, uh, I miss gathering. That's like, oh my gosh, I feel like that Padilla was so long ago. That's Such a distant Roxana dream. Met. Yeah. I was saying that's where Roxana and I met. Like that that was a really special event. Yeah. It was it was. It's yeah, it's still just like burned into my soul. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a late night drunken call from Andre uh one of those nights and uh him and several other people kept he kept passing the phone around to a bunch of drunk uh, photographers and uh i was in here in the garage my, by myself and like i was like this sounds like so much fun they're partying and i, I couldn't <laughs> hardly make out anything they were saying they were so hammered but uh but uh, <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> well you know because <laughs> respectfully timothy you know all, all the old people by the end of, of day two had all gone to bed early so that they oh could, yeah you know wake up early for the photo walk whereas all the the youngins, as I like to say, uh, decided to go to from dive bar to dive bar and <laughs> random uh, like group of girls like came and gave us some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, I would like to say that uh, I would have been I'd have been I'd have been hanging tough for the for the old guys. I, I would have been representing there if I if I was there. So yeah, I just I, I, dive bars count me in. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make that happen next time. Uh, if I can ever get out to one of these things, I, I need to make that happen. So. All right. Well, it has been an absolute uh, blast having Timothy on tonight, and uh, it's just uh, it's been a real, real, real good time. And Timothy, just thank you so much for coming on and spending your time with us. I know we kept you up a little past your bedtime. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> well, I appreciate so, it again. Thanks, have thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> uh, all our pleasure, man. So, 
how about we get our socials out and wrap this thing up? Uh, Timothy, we'll start with you. Uh, tell everybody. I'm sure they know, but why not just uh, <laughs> do it anyway? We're working here by uh, see everything uh, that you need people to see, uh, even your music, and also uh, check out the podcast. So, yeah, nice, do it. Nice. All right, guys. You can find me at Timothy Makeups on Instagram. Um, I also have a Twitter under that, but I really don't. I probably go on Twitter like once a month or something but uh i also make film photography related youtube videos those probably come out like once or twice a year um easiest way to find that is go to the search bar on youtube and just type in timothy makeups you'll find a bunch of stuff there so soundcloud um that's where my music and there's some we believe in film episodes they're longer better produced than the anchor ones but i'm sure the anchor ones are actually probably still there i believe they are yeah yeah uh, yeah so that's just soundcloud.com slash I'm left-handed. I need to change that to something else. But um, And then there's... Are, every, are, are, you, are, you, are you really left-handed? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm left-handed. Yeah, my, my, old, my oldest son is left-handed. And uh, actually, I actually think I was supposed to be left-handed, but when I was a kid, it was, this, it was the 1970s, and we can't have left-handed people. So yeah, uh, my, yeah. my mom switched my switched me to writing on my right hand. I probably was supposed to be left-handed, but just saying. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and then every Wednesday, uh, analog talk, and that's you can find that pretty much wherever you find podcasts. And we also have an Instagram; it's at analog talk podcast. That's awesome. it. All right, and Roxana, where can people check you out? Oh, people can check me out on Instagram at Roxana Log. And Andre, you can find me on Instagram at Andre on Film. And uh, you can see me on Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, you can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram account under the account name Negative Positives, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about the hashtag Negative Positives, and uh, maybe Bryce will see it and highlight it for all of us to see. And uh, lastly, I guess you can support this program on coffee. That is www.ko-fi.com slash negative positives. Uh, and uh, all the donations that go to that for, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to donate to some sort of Corona COVID uh, relief uh, that we uh, deem that's, uh, deem needs it. Uh, we haven't, haven't, haven't decided on that yet, but uh, that's, uh, that's what we're going to do with the uh, copy donations for uh, until we get uh, through this weird time. So, all right. Again, thanks to, to Timothy Ditzler for joining us tonight. It's been awesome. And uh, we will see you all soon. Everybody have a great week. Uh, everybody stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. <laughs> there it is. You nailed it, Timothy. You nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> <laughs>